You're listening to the audio version of the Frontline documentary, America's Great Divide, From Obama to Trump. Here is the eighth and final episode. Trump had brought divisive politics to the presidency, the Congress, and it would even extend to the Supreme Court. It is my honor and privilege to announce that I will nominate Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the United States Supreme Court. Supreme Court showdown as Democrats are promising to fight President Trump. The battle is on. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh made the rounds on... Now is the time to fight. Now, some Democrats have already come out in total opposition to... You don't belong in this building as a justice. Pay attention to this, guys. Pay attention. George W. Bush's Solicitor General, Ted Olson. He's confirmed he'll be on the court for 25 to 30 years. That's six presidential terms. That is a key vote. Peter Baker, New York Times. Trump sees courts as just another political body. You know, he, he refers to judges, he refers to an Obama judge or a Bush judge or a Trump judge. He, you know, he might as well put a D or an R after their names. He doesn't see judges as being independent figures. Uh, he sees them just as just an extension of the political battles. The nomination was immediately polarizing, igniting partisan warfare in the Judiciary Committee. Good morning. I welcome everyone to this confirmation hearing on the nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman. Brett Kavanaugh. Mr. Chairman. To serve as Associate Justice. Mr. Chairman. Cable like news coverage packaged and projected to each side of the divide. You are out, you're out of order. I'll proceed. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend this a very warm welcome we to Judge given Kavanaugh. Mr. Uh, Chairman, I appeal to the chair to recognize myself or one of my colleagues. You're out of order. Mr. Chairman, I, I appeal to be recognized on your sense of decency and integrity. Proud Mr. Chairman, if, if we cannot be recognized, I move to adjourn. The American people... Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. This is a boundary and a shocking allegation that would feed the conflict. Christine Blasey Ford, a research psychologist. The woman's name is Christine Blasey Ford. They told him his nominee was in trouble. The worst case scenario for Kavanaugh and his defenders. The allegations consumed the nation. Christine Blasey Ford described Kavanaugh as stumbling drunk at a Maryland House party in the Both 19th. say they're willing to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee, but that committee has said... The Trump strategy, make it TV drama. Play to the base. Tonight, Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh breaks his silence for the first time. The network, Fox. Anyone, I did not have sexual intercourse or anything close to sexual intercourse in high school or for many years thereafter. And the girls uh, from the schools I went to and I... Uh, the performance, however, was not vintage Trump. Jane Mayer, The New Yorker. Trump's idea is if somebody ever hits you, hit them back twice as hard. And instead, he's got uh, Brett Kavanaugh talking about how long he stayed a virgin after he was in college. And it was, it was embarrassing and um, not especially effective. Through all these years that are in question, you were a virgin. That's correct. And through what years in college, since we're 
probing into your personal many life years, here? Many years after. I'll leave it at that. Many years after. When you look at how all of this, where all this generated from. Kavanaugh decided to hold back. Where's this all coming from? I, I just want a fair process where I can be heard. You don't have any thoughts on what's gener where this is coming from? I just want an opportunity, a fair process where I can right. uh, defend my integrity. Captain, you were a virgin. That's correct. Peter Baker. Trump wanted him to get out there and fight back. He wanted him to be outraged. He wanted him to show anger and, 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 and resolve. Uh, and this was communicated to, to Judge Kavanaugh. To say that everything that could have gone wrong for Brett Kavanaugh has is... The impetus is on Judge Kavanaugh. They did not have the vote in the Senate. By the time Kavanaugh testified, he had received Trump's message. Launch an us-versus-them attack. Former Majority Leader Tom Daschle. There was only one person that mattered. It wasn't the committee. It wasn't the American people. It was the President of the United States watching to see whether that nomination would be pulled. President Trump even noted he was going to be watching the testimony. Your coordinated and well-funded effort to destroy my good name will not drive me out. You may defeat me in the final vote, but you'll never get me to quit. Never. New York Times TV critic James Poniewozik. He gives a performance in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee that is basically a Donald Trump impression. This confirmation process has become a national disgrace. But you have replaced advice and consent with search and destroy. Right out of Trump's playbook, Kavanaugh made it political. This whole two-week effort has been a calculated and orchestrated political hit. Dredging up a name sure to inflame, the Clintons. Revenge on behalf of the Clintons and millions of dollars in money from outside left-wing opposition groups. Jane Mayer. It has become this completely politicized drama. He turned it into a huge fight between um, Democrats and Republicans. He's trying to rally all the Republicans to his side. This is a circus. The consequences will extend long past my nomination. The consequences will be with us for decades. Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway. The president appreciates people who stand up for themselves and for what they believe and don't allow the politically correct police, or in this case, accusers, stop them or thwart them or impede them. And the president would tell you he knows a thing or two about that. His testimony was powerful, honest, and riveting. Democrats' search and destroy strategy is disgraceful. Former Solicitor General Ted Olson. We've taken the idea of judicial independence, judicial neutrality, and we've uh, discredited that uh, in the eyes of the American people. What are the American people supposed to think if they watched four days of reality theater where people giving speeches and pounding pounding the table um, and throwing down pieces of paper um, and, and saying things like that. It's, it's, it's very damaging to an institution that I have great respect for, um, and I hate to see this happen. I have to say that I fear for the future. Hashtag me too. 
It's never okay to try to rape somebody, not even in high school. Not even if you're totally gonna be a Supreme Court justice. Any experts think he has a shot, to which Kavanaugh replied, a shot? Yeah, I'll take a shot. <laughs> it feels like they're doing this just to deliver a you to Democrats, and even more directly, a you to women. Because when this... Soon, across the divide, a gathering storm. Democrats roaring back, taking over the House of Representatives, intensifying the partisanship in Washington. Quite a dramatic night. Voters have decided on a On the House of Representatives, they have 200. Even after Democrats flipped the House. House Democrats are already preparing for battle. Author and journalist Ronald Brownstein. You have a Democratic Party that is as dominant as it's ever been in Metro America. A Republican Party that is as dominant as it has ever been in non-metro America. And what this produces is two Americas that are separate not only in their partisan affiliation, but in pretty much everything. Trump didn't create this. We've been heading in this direction for years. But he leaned into it, and everything he has done has deepened this trench. Now, a new level of confrontation up close and in full view of the television cameras. Okay, thank you very much. It's a great honor to have Nancy Pelosi with us and Chuck Schumer with us. And uh, we Trump loves an enemy. Peter Baker, New York Times. So the advantage of the House flipping is now he has one. He has somebody to blame other than Republicans, you know, if things don't get done. Wall not being built, that's because the Democrats, you know, immigrants coming over the border, that's because the Democrats. 60 people of, of the Republican Party have lost, it, are losing their offices. He's now got this foil that he likes to use in public. And we've gained in the Senate. Nancy, we've gained in the Senate. Excuse me, did we win the Senate? We won the Senate. When the president brags that he won North Dakota and Indiana, he's in real trouble. When I, I did. Let me say this. We did win North Dakota. This is the most unfortunate thing. We came in here in good faith, uh, and, and, and we're entering into a, a, this kind of a, a discussion in the public view. But it's not bad, can I, can Nancy. No, no, it's called it's, transparency. I, I know. He's carrying on, and Pelosi keeps trying to sort of get it to stop. Like, do we need to do this in front of the cameras? Author and journalist, oh, Matt Pelosi. We've come in here in good faith. I thought that moment demonstrated for me what he understood about his presidency and the modern presidency that a lot of Democrats and that a lot of Republicans do not. I mean, this is where Trump understands entertainment. He understands television. Nancy's in a situation where it's not easy for her to talk right now, and I understand the that. The best moments for him of his presidency are when he is breaking through the artifice of Washington. But we have to have border security. Mr. President, please don't characterize the strength that I bring to this meeting as the leader of the House Democrats who just won a big victory. To Pelosi or to Schumer, yelling at each other in front of cameras and the American public is seeing you behave like children, that's just, it's humiliating and it's beneath the dignity of the office and their offices. But to him, that's winning, because that is showing people I'm not standing for the stagecraft here. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. In the months that followed, the political conflict would escalate. He pressured Ukraine's government to assist Trump's re-election campaign. The president campaign. pressured Ukraine's leader about eight times. 
eight Today, times. I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. Democrats activated and angry. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. Zeroing in on a framework for their impeachment case. Wesley Lowry, Washington Post. What we know is that our nation has two mobilized movements, that there remains a fundamental fault line in our populace and in our population. We're not going back to a politics as usual. Then impeachment is the only option. Trump amplifying us versus them. The absolutely crazed lunatics, the Democrats, radical left, and their media partners standing right back there are pushing the deranged impeachment witch hunt for doing nothing wrong. President Trump is firing back and drawing widespread criticism for likening himself to the victim of a lynching. Judy Woodruff, PBS NewsHour. Today, there's just a lack of respect and a, a willingness to ascribe the worst motives to assume the other side is not just the opponent, political opponent, but the enemy, the guy who needs to be uh, not just vanquished, but eliminated. Our radical Democrat opponents are driven by hatred, prejudice, and rage. They want to destroy our country as we know it. Not acceptable. It's not going to happen. Author Charlie Sykes. The damage of this is going to be long-term, and I think it's going to be very, very deep. What have we been willing to accept that we weren't willing to accept before? How do we think about each other? How do we think about being an American? How do we treat one another? What are our standards? And that's, and I think the damage is potentially going to be very deep. President Trump sending a scathing letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, demanding she, quote, immediately cease this impeachment. An historic vote. Impeachment. Those in favor say aye. Those opposed, nay. The eyes have it. The we just saw what is a very bitterly divided America on display. Virtually every Democrat voting for impeachment. A standoff. Every Republican voting against it. Feeding the anger, the outrage, the division. Poster Frank Luntz. We were far more divided in the Civil War, far more divided during the Great Depression. But we've always had hope in the future. And that hope, we're losing it with this division. And all of the debates and all of the hearings hasn't seemed to budge anybody President very much. President Donald Trump is impeached. The vote in the House of Representatives And soon, the election. Dan Balls, Washington Post. This country goes into 2020 as divided as it's ever been. It will go through 2020 with one of the most divisive campaigns we've probably ever seen. And it is likely to come out at the end of 2020 still divided. Um, and whether the next president, whether it's Donald Trump for a second term or whoever is the Democratic nominee, whether they can move us past that, I think is you know, the biggest single question for the next presidency. And I think based on everything we've seen, not just over the last few years, but over the last decade or more, tells us how enormously difficult that's gonna be.
Go to pbs.org frontline for the latest Frontline Transparency Project. See key quotes from the film in context. He was able to say things that no other president had said. Nothing was accepted at face value. We have a new president who is attacking institutions of his own government. It's time to take on the elites in this country. Connect to the Frontline community on Facebook and Twitter and watch anytime on the PBS video app or pbs.org frontline. Frontline is made possible by contributions to your PBS station from viewers like you. Thank you. And by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Major support is provided by the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, committed to building a more just, verdant, and peaceful world. And by the Ford Foundation, working with visionaries on the front lines of social change worldwide. Additional support is provided by the Abrams Foundation, committed to excellence in journalism, the Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues. The John and Helen Glessner Family Trust, supporting trustworthy journalism that informs and inspires. The Heising Simons Foundation, unlocking knowledge, opportunity, and possibilities. And by the Frontline Journalism Fund, with major support from John and Joanne Hagler, and additional support from Laura DeBonis and Scott Nathan. Great Divide from Obama to Trump was directed by Michael Kirk, written by Michael Kirk and Mike Weiser, produced and reported by Jim Gilmore and Gabriel Schonder, and produced by Michael Kirk, Mike Weiser, and Philip Bennett. The managing editor of Frontline is Andrew Metz. The executive producer of Frontline is Rainey Aronson Ralph. Frontline's America's Great Divide is available on Amazon Prime Video.